All right, guys, welcome to Property Profits Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bryce Kaminsky, filling in for Dave Dubow. And, you know, there's a lot of places in the United States where the price of property has skyrocketed and made it relatively unaffordable if cash flow is the game. And today on the show, I've got Shay Neighbors and, um, or yeah, Neighbors with the S. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's going to fill us in on what's going on in Milwaukee and what she's been able to accomplish in uh, just a short five-year career here in the real estate game. Um, now you're managing properties. She owns some properties. She's building her business line of credit up so that she can manage her finances and really get a tightening on the uh, the investment side of the finances. Shay, how are you doing today? Good. Happy to be here. Hi. Yeah, it's always it's always great to talk cash flow because in mm -hmm. a lot of places in the United States, uh, it used to be relatively a no brainer. You could find cash flow somewhere in town or just outside of town or in a neighborhood. Maybe you wouldn't live, but you would definitely rent. But with the inflation and the index of properties, it's uh, it's becoming more and more rare and people are having to invest out of market. So did you did you grow up in that market or did you move to that market to participate? I grew up about 45 minutes south, so relatively close. I was born in Milwaukee. Um, I grew up in Racine, which is south. And I moved back to Milwaukee when I was, I would say, about 19. I went to college, and that's how I ended up back in the city. But I claim I'm from Milwaukee because I was born here, even though I didn't grow up. I was born in Milwaukee. <laughs> nice. So what was your first you know, endeavor into real estate? How did that come to mind? You know, people always have a story like I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad or something mm -hmm. like that. And they got into the game. So how did how did that idea, how did the seed get planted there that got you started on your journey? Yeah, I knew that um, I graduated college and I would say, to be honest, I was just I was just bored. I had been renting at the time. I was really young and I, and it's honestly not like a light bulb moment or anything, but I just I, I felt like I wanted to learn more and I wanted to own a house. I knew I wanted to own property at some point in my life. It wasn't necessarily investment property at that time, but I ended up stumbling across two things around the same time. And I remember them both specifically. I read um, the Bigger Pockets book. Um, it was Introduction to Real Estate Investing. I read that. I read that in 2017. And then that's when I found out about house hacking. And I was instantly intrigued. At that point, I knew that I was sold. But it was just really out of genuine curiosity that led me to read that book. Um, around the same time, this would have been like fall 2017, I also uh, found out about a first-time homebuyer education class that was being held at a local library in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. um, so I decided to go to that class. And then by going to that class, again, I was just curious. It was free. I wanted to see what they were talking about. Um, I ended up finding out that there were programs for first-time homebuyers, like down payment assistance. Like I didn't mm -hmm. go for that reason. I ended up finding out that the reason why everyone else was in the class because they wanted to get the grant. Like the class was a prerequisite in order to qualify for those grant funds. But that's not the reason why I was there. But I, while I was there, I was like, okay, I, I might as well utilize this money in order to purchase a house. So that while reading the Bigger Pockets book, I decided like, okay, my first house is going to be a duplex. And I graduated from the class, I want to say it was probably like October 2017. I got pre-approved not too long after that. It would have been like November, December of 2017. Um, I ended up finding my very first house in February of 2018. It was a duplex. Um, 
and I got $6,000 to buy that house. So I had very, very little out of pocket. I want to say it was probably like three or $4,000 out of my own money I had mm -hmm. to pay. And I saved up a significant amount more than that. So it was like, okay, now I've got reserves afterwards. And like, once I got my keys, I remember the day I was standing in my living room of the duplex. I had tenants upstairs. I was occupying the lower unit. And I just remember getting my keys and I was crying because I could not believe that I did it. Because mm -hmm. I was the very first person in my family to buy a house. I didn't have uncles, grandparents, mother, father, like no one in, in my circle had ever owned property. So I had to really teach myself the process of how to do it by going to the class, reading the Bigger Pockets book, um, and really utilizing those re resources. And once I got my first house, I immediately wanted to do it again. And I did it 12 months later. I bought a foreclosure in 2019. Um, that was a really, really big success story because then COVID happened and the market appreciated and that foreclosure ended up about like doubling in value in like less than 24 months. So I was able to kind of go in really, really fast, but then I was able to get a HELOC on that property. And as you can see, now I can use those funds to start buying other properties. And I really, really took off in 2021 because I bought two properties last year. And then last year in 2022, I bought three or four. I don't remember. So I've just been kind of like multiplying each year. I'm buying more and more properties. But that's really how I started. My st strategy really hasn't changed. I'm still a buy and hold investor. For the first two years, of, first two, three years of my career, I really was living in the property. Again, utilizing those down payment assistance programs, the yeah. owner occupancy um, loans. And I was able to really scale that way by uh, utilizing those programs yeah those those are commonly overlooked when people are starting they they, they go to a, a weekend seminar or something where they're just like go raise money but you can get into the first property um, with assistance you know that they want people to get into their first property and so there's lots of programs there is um, you know that people just aren't taking advantage of so it's very very uh you know, great advice to the people listening at home is go and get, go and see what you're available for. Cause research doesn't cost you anything. That's the bottom line is like, it doesn't cost you anything to find out if you qualify, but it certainly yeah. can cost you by not qualifying and not taking advantage of it. So yeah, I agree now that, now that you've got a handful of uh, properties under your, under your belt and you're thinking, um, you know, this is working out well, what, what are you working on currently this year? Um, what's been keeping you busy? Um, I would say between last year and this year, my my goal was really to get more doors. So now I'm at either 14 or 16. I don't remember because I sold one recently. But I'm at about 16 doors. And I've reached, I would say, I probably want to buy one more property. Like between this year and next year, I, I see one more property because then I'll be at the cash flow goal that I see for myself. Um, but other than that, um, I want to focus on bigger projects. Um, mm -hmm. I really want to do a flip in 2024. I also want to look at larger multifamily properties because I have the opportunity now, I'm grateful, where I do have the capital available to fund like a larger down payment or renovation project, whatever. So I really want to go into really bigger projects and use all of the experience that I gained so far in order to do that. Um, that's goal number one. The second goal is to really assist more um First time home buyers, first time investors, that's my niche because um, in 2021, I, I got my real estate license because I just found myself having the knowledge that I needed. I was basically finding all of my own deals, 
having a real estate agent really wasn't necessary for me at that point. I know how to do yeah. all my own analysis. I can, you know, run the comps and I know what I'm looking for. So I really got my real estate license to be closer to the properties. But I found that I was really, really good at helping buyers and sellers. And people were naturally coming to me because they're like, Shay, how do you do it? How did you get all these properties? How are you doing it? Because uh, another thing I didn't mention is I'm I'm still like a full-time nine to fiver. Like this is all things that I'm doing in addition to my job. Thankfully, my job has a lot of flexibility. But if I wasn't able to leverage that W-2 income, which is like gold to the banks, I really mm -hmm. wouldn't have gotten that far. So that's really the strategy that I teach, how to leverage your job, how to um, build passive income, especially now with the cost of living inflation. Like I really do think it's a necessity to not be dependent on one source of income because that's how I was able to get very far. Like I would not be able to have the lifestyle that I have today if I wouldn't have started investing in real estate. So I yeah. really am trying to educate because again, I'm the first from where I'm from. People do not do this, do stuff like this from where I'm from. So I've been grateful to be able to educate and have a lot of people to mentor, to be able to uh, teach them the same strategies that have made me successful. Are you planning to maintain your W-2 or is it becoming, because a lot of what happens I find is that it reaches a point where um, it starts costing you to maintain the job because you start moving towards like, yeah. I could be doing $1,000 an hour activities, but you know, when right. I calculate my salary, I'm sitting in this desk for like, let's say 35 or $40. So yep. how, is, how is that going as far as your W-2 and what are your plans as far as uh, being there and continuing that or? Absolutely. And what's what's been great for me is I know it's going to be a point where I have to choose. And I'll just be honest, like real estate is where my heart is. That is where I want to be ultimately, if I look at where I want to be, I look at successful real estate investors. However, like I did get my degree for my job. Like I do like my job, which is why I'm still there. It doesn't annoy mm -hmm. me to go there. It's not like, oh my God, I hate this job. Cause I would have been left like years ago at this point. So I, I do enjoy my job, but I'm at the point now where it's probably going to be like within the next one to two years, I would say, but my job's very flexible. Like I say nine to five, but at this point I do not work Thursdays or Fridays. <laughs> like I literally work Monday through Wednesday and I have a lot, a lot of flexibility with my schedule. Um, I don't have to be micromanaged. I'm just fortunate to have a job where for right now with my real estate career, it is working because mm -hmm. um, I'm not like tied behind a desk or punching a clock or anything at that point. But I do know that I'm eventually be able to transition out of my job. But right now I'm here because I like it. But again, if anybody annoys me or pisses me off, like I can leave like at any point, like I could just mm -hmm. leave and I'll be fine because I have the real estate to support me. So I like having that option. Like it's an option for me to be there. It's not a necessity. And I'm here because I want to be here. But if y'all piss me off, I will leave. That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah, you got you've got like a, a nest egg. You've got like an mm -hmm. alternative income. You're, they're grateful that you're still working because you could not be. So mm -hmm. um, what is okay let's 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 open the box a little bit and say what what what's been the biggest challenge in your career so far um um i think kind of alluding to it so far but it's time my time is is so valuable when you mentioned thousand dollar an hour activities like that's how i feel um that like my time and my skill is available now i have a lot of people pulling me in a lot of different directions you know i do work a job um, I do uh, co-own a property management company. I do have rental properties and I'm also a licensed real estate agent um, focused on investment properties for my clients. So with all of those things like under my umbrella, 
it's just time. You know, it's the most valuable resource. I value my time more than money at this point. Like I would rather have somebody else do it faster than I can do it, you know, and cheaper. So I'm, I would say what's been really valuable in my career, especially in the past 12 months is leveraging, um, really leveraging and delegating, right? I don't do any property management anymore. Like I still am on the company. I don't, I don't do it. And I had came from, um, doing a lot of things myself. Like I've been in properties, I've put in light fixtures. I've, you know, done a lot of the day-to-day hands on the ground work in my business. But at this point, it really doesn't make sense for me to be in the properties at all. Cause I've got a lot of better income generating activities. I need to be focusing my time on. So really building the team and creating the structure and the systems to be able to effectively delegate and slowly like removing myself from certain parts of the business and having a good team in place to be able to pick up those things. So do you feel like your education and the W2 job helps you Mm -hmm. build your business? What's your background in education? Yeah, I, I'm grateful, though, because, you know, a lot of people, they kind of do down the college degree. And I, I have my degree in business. So I will say it's been a very, very big asset to me because I, I from my education, I know how a successful business is supposed to be run. Mm-hmm. And I've had the opportunity to work in a lot of different types of businesses. So I've been able to see how different businesses are run. So it, it I have the background and the insight to be able to apply that to my own business as well, because I'm a very system oriented individual already. Mm-hmm. So it's been very, very helpful, you know, and I don't regret my college degree. Like a lot of people do, but I, I truly do not regret my college degree at all. I'm glad that I, I did get educated again, was the first person in my family to even go to college. So it was a lot of firsts. Um, I'm kind of like the spearhead for my entire family and everybody looks up to me at this point. So it's really good to um, be a role model and be able to show other people the way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, somebody has got to do it. You know, I talked to a a guy the other day, he's a young kid. He's like, I think 23. I'm not Mm going to call him a young, I'm going to call him a young man because he's made Mm -hmm. a good living and same story, you know, like nobody had anything, um, getting kicked out of uh, section eight because of this that and the other and he's like I same thing he's like I got to be the one I'm going to be the one I don't want that life I don't want that life for the people around me so yeah someone's got to spearhead that now you know Robert Kiyosaki calls this the unfair advantage what comes easy to you that other people find difficult to do Ooh, if I were to really I would say personal finance <laughs> Like people do like, don't know how to budget. And I've been naturally good at that. That's why, like when I was the point where I was 22 and I was getting ready to buy my first house, like my credit was in the 700s at that point, because I'd never been irresponsible when it came to finances and budgeting. So I already had a budget of like how much my housing is, how much or like my leisure activities, how much is food. I had all that stuff broken out. And it was very easy for me to, you know, calculate cash flow, for example, on a property. And also, you know, and it's the exact same thing. If you've got a personal budget for yourself and you're looking at the budget for the property, it's the same principles for both. So mm-hmm. I'm just using that knowledge and applying it to now my business to calculate how much rental income I'm going to be coming in each month. So that has always, always, and I guess I've always been really good at math. I hated math. My entire mm-hmm. life, like I didn't like being in geometry or or algebra, but I was good at it. And other people, while other people around me were were not doing well, 
and they were struggling with, you know, calculations and things like that. Like I was really, really good at that. Even into college, I got A in all of my uh, statistics and um, calculus classes. I got really good. So I would just say that, like, I think it comes naturally to me and I've been grateful but um, and I can easily apply that to real estate because now, you know, having to do projections and and really calculate risk and, you know, cash on cash return on investment and all that stuff is really, really easy. And thankfully, there's a lot of tools where you don't even have to be good at that stuff. You just got to know where to find the data to plug it in. <laughs> now, we were. Yeah, definitely. Like. That sort of financial responsibility can bleed into your business. You can't be like, oh, I'm going to get into real estate and be rich. If you weren't balancing your budget in the first place, you know, you'll mm -hmm. just end up having property and being broke still. So um, what are you doing right now to fund your deals? I know before the call, we uh, before the show, we talked about business financing, which is an emerging topic for especially for small multi and even large multi. So um, tell, tell the people at home a little bit about what you're doing right now to fund your deals. Yeah, that's a great question. I would say, you know, after what, like my fourth or fifth mortgage, um, you know, that there's a debt to income ratio that the bank is just going to be like, no, you're too much of a risk. Your debt is too high and your income doesn't justify it. So what I really wanted to do was I heard about business credit and I decided to go ahead and build my business credit. I made that my goal. And um early last year in early 2022. So I decided to build my business credit and I ended up building about $250,000 in business credit lines. And what I was able to do with that money is eliminate the bank, right? Because when you say you have a subject property, you like it, um, you want to put an offer on it, you're able to use that business credit line as cash so that you can really beat the competition, put down the offer as cash, completely cut out the bank. So there's no underwriting, there's no, you know, conditional loan approval, there's none of that stuff. And you're able to close in like two weeks, you know? Mm. And I was at the point in my career too, where I had enough experience where I didn't need like a home inspection and I didn't need yeah. an appraisal for all of that stuff. So I just completely eliminated all of that stuff. And I used my own business credit to fund the transactions. And I replicated that about, I want to say it was three or four times between last year and this year. I've also did some of that earlier this year as well, where I bought a, a, a property package of two properties, two duplexes, using the same strategy, using that cash to buy them outright, um, for example. So that that's what I've been doing so far, and it's been working really well. Nice. So, um yeah, it seems to be an emerging topic. Now, before the show, we were also talking about you wanting to move into larger and larger units. <clears throat> is that capital, the business line, is it seeded enough to be able to, to move in that direction? Or are you still going to need to be raising some capital for these deals? I would say I'm maybe about 50, 60% there. I want to raise a little bit more capital before jumping into a very large project just because I like to be very conservative in how I invest. Like I like for it always to be like buffer room in the middle so that I'm not, you know, completely exhausting these funds or, you know, there's enough in there for things that may not be able to be predicted, you know, yeah. unexpected type things. So I would still need to raise some money and I'm, I'm pretty confident that I can uh, mm -hmm. within the next probably three to six months, I'll be in a position where I can go ahead and, and start funding those larger projects. Yeah. So define for the people listening at home, define larger projects because you've got some like twos and fours and stuff like that, right? 
Yeah, larger projects would be like going into the commercial side, right? With residential, we're looking at um, units that are between one and four uh, units per building. And now, you know, going into the commercial side, um, you'll be looking at anything from like five units and up. I want to, I think my sweet spot, at least going next will be like between an eight and 16 unit building. I would like to do when I want to buy something that is not turnkey, something that I could uh, force the appreciation by re renovating those units. Um, because I, I would just like it all to be under one property. Right. Um, cause I, right now I've got income from a lot of different properties, um, coming in and I would just like more cash flow per month from one source. That's going to be my mm -hmm. ultimate goal. So, um, we, we'd also touched on a little bit that you assist out of town investors to look at Milwaukee because when we did the numbers, it's like 60, 70 K a door and, uh, the rents are 600, 700, um, when that's, you know, kind of turnkey. So one percenters are still in existence in, in Milwaukee there. And so how do you help people invest from out of town? They're, they're like, Oh, I'm in uh, Colorado. I want to invest in Milwaukee. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, um, I specialize in investment properties. It's all I know. It's how I started investing. So, when I have an investor, we speak the same language. And I've had um grateful to have had a lot of clients from all over the country who are wanting to uh start investing in real estate, but they're in unaffordable markets where they are, right? Yeah. They're trying to find a four family, you know, it's costing them four hundred and fifty thousand plus, and the yeah. numbers just don't make sense, especially with these rates. So I've been able to assist a number of clients find, you know, a duplex property in Milwaukee. You know, we're putting maybe ten thousand dollars in it. I have a team in place that I'm a real estate agent. I'll be able to help you find the deal. We'll make sure the numbers work for what your investing goals are. And then that's when I'll kick it over to, to my property management division that also does renovation. So if it does need work to be done to be rent ready, we are able to help. Um, we are able to coordinate those projects and really get the duplex to a place where it is able to, um, have tenants in there when it's time, when the renovation's over. What I've been grateful to have too in Milwaukee is because I've been doing this for a while, we have a lot of programs that we work with, right? We have a lot of programs where if you got a nice three bedroom unit, you know, this program will pay the tenants rent for 12 months and security deposit. They've been paying us double security deposits and stuff for these um, rentals. And of course they have to pass our background check. We're not just placing anybody mm -hmm. in these units, but word gets around, you know, hey, you know, Acero Property Management have these units available and we are able to um, place tenants in there very, very quickly. Cause we also have a wait list of about what, 5,000 people who are looking, actively looking for a rental that we've been building up as well. So at this point we have about 50 units under management about 16 of them are my own. The other are for those um, out-of-state clients that I mentioned as well. So we really got the full service agency, right? We can help you find the property. We can help you renovate it. We can also place tenants in there and also provide property management services. Awesome. Awesome. So if people want to reach out to you, if they want to find out more about uh, what you do and how you can help them, what should they do? Yes, please, please reach out to me. I am happy to help. Uh, best place would be my website. That is the reiplatform.com. The reiplatform.com. Also reach out on Instagram. Same thing at the rei platform. Okay. And I'm happy to help and let me know what your investing goals are and let's talk. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show and um, I'm sure the listeners got a lot out of that. So uh, yeah, I really appreciate being on the show and 
Until next time, guys, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you.